Hey guys, this is Pastor Mark Warren from Church at the Crossroads. Thank you for checking out our podcast. My prayer is that you're encouraged and challenged as you hear, understand, and obey God's Word today. We are in Genesis chapter 24 with our story of Abraham, understanding our spiritual journey. You know, Abraham is coming to the end of his life and looking back on all that God had done. And my goal in finishing this series on understanding your spiritual journey is that you would know what is the end goal. What are you trying to accomplish? And one of the main things that you and I want to do in our life is we want to pass on our faith. We want to be able to share and develop other people Understanding your spiritual journey. Well, we looked at how to begin the spiritual journey. We looked at how to continue our spiritual journey. We looked at how to overcome temptation. And now today we're looking at how to complete life's spiritual journey. And we're going to look at the text first and then we'll make some observations. Now, Abraham was old. Doesn't say how old he was, but he was old. He was advanced in age and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. And that's what I want you to take away from here is that God wants to bless you in every way. God does not want you to miss out on the life that he has called you to. God had blessed Abraham in every way. And Abraham said to his servant, his oldest of his household, who was in charge of all that he had, please place your hand under my thigh and I will make you swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and and the God of earth, that you shall not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live. But you will go to my country and to my relatives and take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Suppose the woman is not willing to follow me to the land. Should I take your son back to the land from where you came? And Abraham said to him, Beware that you do not take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from the hand of my birth, and who spoke to me and who swore to me, saying, To your descendants I will give this land. He will send the angel ahead of you, and you will take to the wife for my son from there. But if the woman is not willing to follow, then then you will be free from this oath of mine. Only do not take my son back there. So the servant placed his hand under the thigh of his master Abraham, and swore to him concerning this matter. Then the servant took ten camels from the camels of his master and went out with a variety of good things for in his master's hand. So he set out and went to Mesopotamia, to the city of Nahor. And he made the camels kneel from outside the city by the well of the water when it was evening, the time when women go out to the water. And he said, Lord God of my master Abraham, Please grant me success today and show kindness to my master, Abraham. I'm encouraged how this servant was motivated to please Abraham. And when you and I live the Christian life, when we love God and we sincerely care about other people, people will want to, almost intrinsically, people will want to help us and please us. If people know that you care, and you want what's best for them, they are going to be motivated to please you and to help you. 
the premise of today's message is if you and I will press on and have a relationship with God and know God as a byproduct of our relationship with God, we will share that faith with other people. Behold, I am standing in the spring, and the daughters of the men of the city are coming out to draw water. And may it be that the young woman to whom I say, please let down your jar that I may drink, and who answers, drink, I will water your camels also. May she be the one whom you have appointed for your servant Isaac, and by this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. So the servant goes. He listens to Abraham. He prays for success. And then he says, Lord, when I see this, I'm going to know this is the person. And it came about before he had finished speaking that, behold, Rebekah, who was born to Bethuah, the son of Malchah, the wife of Abraham's brother, Nahor, came out with her jar on her shoulder. And as you can read the rest of this story, this was the one that ended up being Abraham's son, Isaac's wife. If we had to give a theme to the life of Abraham, we could say to know him and to make him known. When I was 15 years old, I took a visit to Columbia Bible College. This is a picture of the chapel at Columbia Bible College. And you're not able to see that, but up in the top right corner are these words. It says, to know him and make him known. And the focus of the school is to know Christ and to make him known. So when people came to that school, the focus in their education was to develop and learn the skills necessary to go to the ends of the earth. The gentleman that you heard speak here, Randy, a good friend of mine, Randy is a missionary, and he has heard God's call. That call began in this school, God calling people to follow and obey him. Just as Abraham was called in Mesopotamia to leave his land and to go to the land that God would show you, so people come to this school and they're called. Now, I had the opportunity of getting to know the president of the school. He ended up being in my prayer group. The faculty, the teachers, when the students had student-led prayer groups, all of the teachers would come to the dorms and go into different prayer groups. And I can remember my sophomore year, I was a prayer group leader, and we were sitting there, and the president of the school walks in, and he's part of our prayer group. And he didn't come in and try to take over. He just basically came in and gave us support. And the thing is, is what people are doing and what this man was doing at the time, and I fully didn't understand it, is God brings people into our lives to teach us spiritual maturity. We, too, will one day grow to be that person. That God brought this man, Robertson McQuilkin, into my prayer group, and I got to know him and hear the types of things he would pray about. You know, I'm like 21 years old, and I'm thinking, what does the president of a Bible college pray about? So I got to know him a little through prayer. And as he shared with us and as he interacted with us, his thought, as I've read his writings over the years and kind of gotten to know him through what he writes as well as that brief interaction is, he is transferring his knowledge of God. He is passing on his relationship with God to other people. And as I think about my life, 
and what God wants me to do, I look at the people of the church, I look at my children, my family, and I think at the end of the day, I want to pass on my relationship with Christ. That is the one constant. That is the one thing that is more important than anything else. If I miss that, certainly you want people to work hard in school. You want them to get a good job. You want them to marry the right person. You want people to do a lot of things. But if you miss the main thing, if we don't pass on the most important thing about us, we've missed the mark. Knowing God is the key to completing life's spiritual journey. And knowing God and having a relationship with him is the key to being able to pass that on to other people. Abraham knew God's faithfulness. By that, I'm saying that Abraham could reflect as he looked at his life. He could look back, and when it says that God had blessed Abraham in every way, that means Abraham knew that God was faithful, that God was the one who kept his promises when other people didn't. Also, he knew God's goodness. He knew God was good. You know, I think when a person lives a life of doing whatever they want, when they neglect God, I think at the very essence of that is an understanding that God is somehow withholding from them. If you don't understand that God is good and that God loves you, then it's going to be difficult to trust him. Abraham also knew God's sovereignty. Abraham knew that God saw the big picture. No matter what is going on, no matter what we face, this doesn't catch God by surprise. God sees the big picture. And in saying that God is sovereign, it's saying that God is completely in control and that what happens in your life, God allows. You know, I am going to walk by faith. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be cautious. I'm going to be wise. I'm going to seek to develop character. And because I know that my salvation is based on the finished work of Christ, I do not fear death. I don't walk through life with this fear. And I know some people who are just besieged by fear right now. You know, God does not want us walking through life in fear. He doesn't want us being foolish and reckless. You know, we're cautious, we're careful, we do the right thing. But at the end of the day, we realize that, you know what, there's nothing that's going to happen to me. There's nothing that's going to come across your path that has not gone through God's hands. And God sees the big picture in the plan that God has for your life. God will complete it. And what is that plan? That plan is to know him personally, to have a relationship. And through that relationship, to influence and make an impact on other people. People are going to see how you respond to circumstances. They're going to be able to look and see your character. Life will reveal your character. Tough times, situations that cause panic will reveal our character. The good, the bad, the ugly, it's going to come out. And then people, they're going to see... Are they going to know that you're human and you make mistakes, but you ask for forgiveness and you rely on God's grace? Or are they going to see that you try to cover up your sin and deny it when it's obvious that you were wrong? Are going to they see that you trust God? Or what are they going to see that you put your most trust in? I work in an environment where I can uh, watch these young people 
And children are so much a product of the homes that they're brought up on. I can almost picture a household by listening to the things children talk about. And many of these children, you know, they don't see their parents a lot. I could tell there's a distance. Pick up on those things. And people are going to know our relationship with God when they spend time with us. If we have a genuine relationship with God that's built on trust and grace and forgiveness, that's going to come true. That's, they're going to see that when they see us make a mistake and we trust God. Abraham knew God's wisdom. That's why he could tell his servant to trust God, that God had a plan to find this bride for his son. And Abraham didn't go down to Mesopotamia himself. He delegated that responsibility to someone else. If you miss everything else, please, please understand that point. That here was Abraham, someone who loved his son with his whole heart. And here is this huge responsibility that he had. And he trusted another man to go get the job done. And if you and I were going to grow as a ministry here, if we're going to grow as a ministry and develop other people, we have to be able to trust other people to do things. Our children, our young people, we're going to have to trust and develop and help people grow. And if you are here today and you have children, I encourage you to teach and to develop your children to do the work of the ministry. That the young people are the church of the day not just the church of the future. You know, I was thinking, okay, if I have to quarantine, who's going to preach? I started thinking about that. You know, and then I said, well, you know, I said, well, Blake had a sermon. He had a sermon prepared for youth Sunday. I called Blake up. Hey, Blake, hey, how about you preach that sermon? Would that have freaked you out? So, son, that's good. You know, guys, we really, why would we not want to, why would we say it's got to be an older person? It's got to be a man or a woman. Why would we not think, hey, who, who has a message? We are the body of Christ. And if there is someone that you work at that know, doesn't know Christ, it's very unlikely that me and Steve are going to go over there anytime soon. They're probably never going to meet us to share the gospel. Now, he's gone to a lot of places. He's been to this place, Moldova, where he can share the gospel. And I've shared the gospel with people, but you're the one that's there. And the thing is, is that's how the body of Christ has to be. It's not all about, hey, you know, let's let the pastor do it or let's let this person do it. It's who is the person there because God works through all of us. And God is able to to use people, and Abraham, as prominent as he is in the Bible, delegated this important matter to his servant. And you and I have to be able to continue this trend to grow the uh, kingdom of God. Not only that, Abraham knew God's holiness. Abraham had made some mistakes, and God had disciplined Abraham. Abraham knew God's love. He had experienced that when God provided the lamb. He took his son up, and he was willing to sacrifice his son, and then God provided a lamb. Abraham knew God's love. Abraham prepared the next generation. You read about Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and his children, and you see the Hebrew nation. 
And you see what God has done through that nation, and it began with this one man who was older who had to trust God with a promise that God was going to give him a son. And then Abraham not only trusted God and see part of his development in waiting for Isaac all those years made him the type of person who could actually trust God to use someone else other than him. And as I stand here and I teach and I preach and we do things in this church, I am fully confident that if God wants me to do something, I am always willing to do it. But I am confident that each person in this room, as they come to Christ and grow in Christ and surrender their lives to Christ and begin to serve Christ, that they can do it as well. Abraham delegated responsibility to others. And that's a spiritual thing. That's not an unspiritual thing. That is a good thing. And it means having the confidence you have to trust God. As God is with us, so will he be with those we love. The people you love, God is going to use you to develop them. But you're going to have to have enough faith to see the future that you'll never see. Because these children are going to go places we'll never go. They're going to reach people we'll never reach. And what we're doing is we're investing in them. And time is short. And what's important? Knowing God. Having a relationship with God. And admitting when you mess up. And saying, Lord, I got that wrong. You know, forgive me. And being man or woman enough to admit when we're wrong. And allowing God to shape us. And change us. And develop us. And I think as God looks at us, I heard a guy say one time, he said, when I stand before Jesus, when you stand before Jesus, the only question I think Jesus is going to ask is, did you really know how much I loved you? Did you know how much I cared and loved? Did you know how important you were to me? And you and I are very, very important to God, and he loves us, and he wants to Use us to develop other people and to share that love, you know, and not to listen to what other people think or say or believe about us, but to have that vision of what God thinks and what God sees so that we can live in that way. Father God, I thank you so much for your word, Lord. I thank you as we look at the life of Abraham. God, I pray that you would just teach us this, just the power of how to finish our spiritual journey strong and to share and develop other people. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Visit us at crossroadsahoski.com for more information, additional resources, and service times.